Elena. Hi, Rachel. And hello, everyone else. Welcome to the Friendly Rex podcast. Rachel, we did it. We made it to the end of the month. All the music episodes. We did. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. (laughs) How rude. I know. But we we did it. So now it's time to talk about some non-music things. Thank God. I know. So what have you been into lately? Well, you know, since being vaccinated, I've been able to, you know, go back to my one true love, the movie theater. So that's been nice. Um, I have seen one movie every weekend since, like, things have gotten a little bit back to normal. So really? Was, yeah, I've been I've been attempting to go at least once a week since uh, everything. I think I missed one week. I think that was it. Because I've seen four movies and it's been over a month since things have, like, slowly gone back to semi-normal. So I saw A Quiet Place 2. And then I saw Cruella in the Heights. And the Sparks Brothers documentary. Interesting. I had seen something about that, but I didn't know what it was about. Well, you know I love Edgar, right? So of I had to go see it. And I and I really have been enjoying documentaries. Like this past year, I've been like sucked into them, dude. Like I've always enjoyed them, but I didn't realize how much I love documentaries until like I was looking at my like watched list of 2020. I was like, damn okay (laughs) same like they're my preferred thing to watch yeah it's interesting like learning this story that you would never know about but anyway we're talking about sparks brothers (laughs) which again was very interesting because i had never heard of the sparks i guess sparks because they were never called sparks brothers i don't think i think they just were called sparks anyway yeah i had never heard of them before and then I saw, I saw Edgar Wright music documentary. I was like, fucking count me in. And <laughs> I was I was pleasantly surprised. It was very long, but like the whole thing is that they have a huge discography, like over 20 albums. Oh, so wow. Like, That's intense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like they, they talk a lot about, I, I don't know if they talked about every single individual album. I don't think they did. But still, it it was a lengthier documentary, but it's because they, uh, they're they still making music. What about you? No. Um, I've been to the movie theater once since being vaccinated, and I saw Cruella as well, which I was pleasantly surprised about. I went in with pretty much no expectations. I think I'd seen a teaser trailer. And I knew I wanted to see it just to see it, and I was very happy with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was really good, too. And, like, a lot of people online were basically like, okay, it's a Disney trying to make the Joker, which, TVH, I have not seen Joker or the Joker, whatever. Um, But if that is Disney's way of doing it, I'm okay with it because <laughs> I really yeah, liked same. it. <laughs> I enjoyed that it was a bit of a darker movie for Disney. Yeah. Um, it was enjoyable. Also on the same, like, Disney train, I also recently watched Luca – which is very adorable. And I haven't seen it yet. It's very cute, and I would recommend it. Okay, I'll have to watch it. It's one of, like, two Pixar movies that I haven't seen, I think. It's just a very sweet movie. Like, it's, you know, about friendship and takes place in Italy, so it's adorable. So, Alana, have you watched any uh, TV shows recently? Well, I did binge all nine seasons of Letterkenny in a matter of a week, so... Oh, God! to be fair there are only roughly seven episodes per season and they're only 20 ish minutes so what about you rachel oh um 
What shows? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did start Working Moms. I think I'm on the, the second season. I feel like I was watching a different show, too. I don't remember. But yeah, really quick, though, before we get into uh, our assignments, which anyone who's listening and doesn't know what our assignments were, we uh, a month ago recommended I recommended a TV show for Atlanta to watch, and she recommended a movie for me to watch. And if you're looking at the episode title, you can probably guess what those two things were. Um, Atlanta watched Mayor of Easttown, and I watched Zombieland. And we will get to that in a second. But before that, Atlanta, I want to talk to you about news and pop culture, but specifically (laughs) Ed Sheeran's Bad Habits. (laughs) Yes, Rachel, please tell us. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. I don't particularly like the song even though i've listened to it a couple of times and it is one of the two songs that keep going back and forth in my head and it's kind of annoying to have it stuck in my head so like yeah i'm not huge on the song and we can like go deep into that on a music episode if we want whatever um but the music video (laughs) spoke to me and by spoke to me i just really loved seeing ed sheeran looking like a glittering overly exhausted crazy looking vampire in a pink suit it just made me so happy so warm on the inside and um i will watch that every single day for the rest of my life i don't know what is wrong with you rachel (laughs) i honestly don't (laughs) i tried to watch it this morning and i keep getting to about a minute in and that's where i have to stop i can't get past a minute where where in the the music video is that like what what is it that's pushing you to the i have to shut my laptop and like throw it across the room that is so bad he starts starts the flying thing and he goes upside down i don't know something about just everything leading up into that moment i've just been no i'm not into this i don't like it Keep in mind, I like vampires. I that stuff doesn't bother me. It's not that. It's just this video's just not speaking to me. It does not warm me on the inside. I'm just, I don't know. I can't. I can't do it. I've tried. Like the crazy face he's making the whole time because it's not like he's making a cute face. He's he looks insane. No, it's, I don't know. It's nothing. I don't know. I think it's everything together. It's all the little bits together. <laughs> That just that you can't make it past a minute into the video. Yeah, I've tried to watch it. Video. <laughs> I try. Actually, it's four minutes. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> so I got three minutes to go. And I've never made it that far. I, I tweeted about it, and I have received zero interactions on it. So I'm sure I'm the minority as far as uh, the people who like the song or at least like the video. But our group chat was. Um, they were coming for me, y'all. Alana and our best friend Logan, they um they were being mean to your co-host. I'm just just saying. Let's see. I stand what? by our comments. What exactly? Okay, so we were talking about just the song in general. And then um Logan goes, and that video was comical. I was like, haha, I have not watched it yet. And then she uh warned me, don't, don't watch it. And then Alana. Uh, continues on saying she couldn't watch the full video and then um uh four hours later i finally (laughs) watched it and like yeah i i like really enjoyed it and uh, um logan in all of her love for me in all caps says 
what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and Alana, who is not one to curse, um, instead of repeating that, she just emphasized it <laughs> in our iMessages. I <laughs> um, so anyway, they uh, Logan is disgusted with me, and Alana says that it is worse than my obsession with Nick Cage. 100%. <laughs> there's no redemption there's at least some like niche out there that loves nick cage there is not a niche that loves this music video i beg to differ how many views do you think it has let's find out i views doesn't mean they like it because i've watched it a few times <laughs> how many thumbs up does it have we can do there we go yeah Atlanta. how many tell me please please share with the class um about five hundred thousand. Oh, oh wow! That's but six point two million people have watched it, and yeah, only okay. five hundred thousand. I, I liked it, and I did not thumbs up it. So imagine how many people are in my position. She's uh, uh disappointed in me, y'all. That's that is the face that I'm getting right now. I don't know if I can trust Rachel with anything now. This really just. I think the key to take from this, or the key to take away, excuse me. Is that I still can admit that it's not a good song. I think the song is better than the music video. I am hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so Alana and other news, non-Ed Sheeran news. There is a movie that I'm not necessarily saying that you're going to be like jumping out of your chair, like buying or pre-ordering a ticket to see it. But I do think you'll find it intriguing for lack of a better term. Headline reads, Polly Pocket movie in the works with Lena Dunham writing and directing, Lily Collins starring. Stop. Stop. <laughs> That's not a real headline. Oh, oh, my friend, it is. It is a real headline. What? Why? Is this, is this actually going to be like a children's movie or is this an adult movie? Um... I, I mean, Lena Dunham being involved in it makes you assume adult, but adult. like, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Let, let, let's read a little bit from the article, shall we? Micro doll Polly Pocket is getting amplified for the big screen in a new live action Mattel and MGM movie with Golden Globe Girls winner Lena Dunham. Dunham's production company, Good Thing Going, um, will also produce the movie about a young girl and a pocket-sized woman who form a friendship Robbie Brenner and Kevin McKeon, don't know who they are, will oversee the future the feature for Mattel Films. Okay. I mean, if it says if it's with Mattel Films, I'm assuming that's like a la the Barbie movies that we watched when we were kids. I do you remember that one with uh Tyra Banks and I think it's Lindsay Lohan? Yeah, that was a Disney Channel movie. That's yeah. That's what I'm imagining this is gonna be like. That's probably fair. Oh, yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's probably fair. Okay, Lena Dunham is quoted. Polly Pocket was responsible for countless hours of childhood escapism for me. Polly gave me a tiny world of magical and autonomy, sorry, magic and autonomy to narrate. It's so it's pretty poetic to be tackling these same ideas now as a director collaborating with the brilliant, brilliant Lily Collins, Robbie Brenner, Mattel and MGM. So it sounds more like a passion project almost like. She just really liked Polly Pocket as a kid. So, of course, she's going to try and make a Polly Pocket movie that's yeah. not adult. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool, I guess. It's fun. 
It's intriguing it's, to say the least. I'm not going to be like, oh, holy shit, got to go see Polly Pocket. But yeah, I don't think it'll be for us. I don't think not? we're the demographic. <laughs> you don't think 27 year old women are the demographic for the Polly Pocket movie? <laughs> I mean, Lena Dunham is is around our age, though. So could be. Yeah, fair, fair point. Um, but yeah, I found that interesting. Also, Dune officially. Well, I I'm pretty sure it was like officially announced today that they that it's releasing on October 22nd, along with my two favorite directors. Wes Anderson's French Dispatch and Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho. So all three of those movies are coming out on the same day, same weekend in October. So it sounds like I'm going to the movies Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. (laughs) Or just all day Friday. I was about to say, you have much more patience than I do because I was like, 10 a.m. screening, we got French Dispatch. 1 o'clock screening, we got Dune. 7 p.m., what the fuck ever. I don't know. I should probably go eat and then come back to the movie theater. I will watch Last Night in Soho. Um, so that's my plan for October 22nd. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to leave the movie theater to eat. I mean, AMC has, like, real meals and stuff. You think I have an AMC here? You think that I have the luxury of a fucking AMC? <laughs> I am hurt. I'm How sorry. dare you bring him up? <laughs> But yeah, oh, yeah, so I guess I could uh, just live the day in nachos, hot dogs, popcorn. and popcorn. Yeah, popcorn I is mean, the key. Yeah, so you start with popcorn, move on to nachos, and then you end the day with candy. So like cookie dough bites. Oh, God. This is why we're best friends, Alana. Like, I feel I like- got the game plan. Yeah, yeah. You are the strategic thinker in this relationship. If you haven't watched Mayor of Easttown or Zombieland. From this point on, there will be spoilers, so we advise watching the first three episodes of Mare of Easttown or watching Zombieland before continuing on. Okay, so going back to television and what we've been watching recently, Alana, I hear the word on the street is that you watched the first three episodes of Mare of Easttown. I did. And they were something. Oh. So you originally told me not to binge them, which was good thinking. I wouldn't have, and I didn't, because I watched the first episode, and I was like, this should be renamed to the Mayor of Depression, because <laughs> uh, it, it's a depressing show. Yeah. But no, so when the first, when the credits for the show came up, I thought this show was named Mirror of Eastwick and not Mayor of Easttown. I was mixing Witches of Eastwick, the movie with Cher and Jack Nicholson, with this show. Oh, and this is completely different than what I anticipated. So the vibe wasn't what you would expect with Mayor of Eastwick, you know? Um, so Mayor of Easttown. Uh, yeah, it's not a magical town, unfortunately. <laughs> no, no. It, that was not the vibe that you're going to get. Um, so just a little background on the show. It takes place um, somewhere in Pennsylvania, kind of a rural town. Um, everyone knows everyone. Super small town vibes. Um, but yeah, so you meet Mayor. You know, she's the sergeant at the local police department, and... There's been a case that's been going on, what, a year, you would say? Yeah. 
that's been the disappearance of a local teenage girl and it's the daughter of someone she went to high school with and so there's all these complicated relationships and that type of thing but it also switches to another girl named Erin who's a teenage mom and her story's depressing too (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's um all around depression dude like yeah, it's just it's a lot to take in. <laughs> and um it took me a while to get through the three episodes that I watched. And just to be fair, Rachel only assigned me two. I went the extra mile and did a third episode. So you're welcome, Rachel. I, I am very happy you watched more than the two that I gave you, but I'm also like in retrospect saying, fuck, I should have made you binge at least until episode five because and this is what I was gonna say earlier when we were like talking about this pre-recording the like entire show fucking changes in the latter half of the season like it 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 goes like from zero to a thousand so fucking fast and like i alana i as depressing as these episodes are it gets worse and it just like fucking rips your heart out like, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it right now. I was l- legitimately sobbing. Like, and I don't, like, I'll cry, I'll shed a tear or something when something's sad. I was sobbing. I had to pause the movie, like, you know, like, gasp for air, go blow my fucking nose. Like, it gets intense. And I uh, really want you to finish it so I can explain why. But let's talk about the episodes that you watched. <laughs> So going into episode one, I was kind of had kind of an idea in my mind of what the show would be. And it wasn't exactly following what I thought it would be because I didn't realize it would show the different, I guess, character perspectives. I thought it was going to be all through Mare's point of view and which part of it is. But when it switched to Erin, Erin's story, she's the teenage mom that I mentioned earlier. And... Her story, you know, she kind of has a rough home life. Like when her dad comes home and he's just yelling at her. And I'm just like this poor girl because, you know, she's cooking the mac and cheese. That was just really, she, her story just kept oh, yeah. getting sad. And then sad. the shitty baby daddy too. Yeah. So the baby daddy's name's Dylan and... Dylan's awful. I hate him so much. Like, I genuinely hate this character. I don't even, like, when he's yelling at her, or not even yelling, but he's like, um, the baby needs ear surgery. And he's like, I'm not going to pay for it. I'm not going to ask my parents for it. You have to pay for it. What? This is your child. He needs ear surgery, or he could have permanent damage. What kind of human does that? A piece of shit. That is the type. And can we get into I his believe girlfriend? Her, yeah, I was gonna say oh. I believe it's Brianna. Brianna, Brianna, one of I, those. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> like when she was yelling in the car at her, like for I'm assuming everyone who is currently listening has watched it. But when she's still in the car and yelling at Aaron when they're talking about their child that they have together. She's yelling at her like a jealous girlfriend. I mean, she is. That's what she's doing. And 
it's so immature and I understand they're teenagers. <laughs> I understand that, that mentality, but at the same time, it's, she's so aggressive and so just mean. She's very mean. I hate when you watch shows or TV or what, or sorry, shows or movies uh, like this, where like the main character is like doing fucking nothing when they're being treated like that. I'm just like, why are you not smacking her in the face right now? Why are you not like slashing his tires right now? I would lose my fucking mind. Also, why is Dylan not doing anything either? Exactly. He's just, just standing there like an idiot. And exactly. just, I get you ha- are not together with Aaron. You do not have any friendly, you know, feelings towards her, anything, but still she is the mother of your child talking about your child in this moment. And I understand that the girlfriend is upset that Aaron texted him, like, sliding into back into his DMs and stuff. And, like, that was a line that shouldn't have been crossed. But at the same time, her reaction was too far, in my opinion. Which, um, do you want to move into the end of the episode with her uh, reaction to her sliding into Dylan's DMs? So we can can get to that in just a second, because I want to talk about what le- what leads to that okay, so okay. when she goes to her best friend's house when she bikes over there and i love her best friend i want to so, be best friends with her best friend so sweet and that like scene was very um just made me happy that she had someone that, you know in her life that loved her truly and was just trying to be happy for her and so when aaron pulls up this dude so I already had the inkling that Aaron was going to be the murder victim. I was like, she's going to die, like 100%. I was like, this, she, there's too much of a focus on her and not enough focus on any of the other minor characters. So I was like, she's going to die. And then I was like, it's going to be this dude that murders her and stuff. When she pulls up the photo of the guy she's been chatting oh, with, okay. I was like, like what dude? <laughs> so when she pulls up the guy, I'm like, that's a catfish situation. Like, it's going to be some old guy. Like, I'm imagining um, Stanley Tucci in The Lovely Bones. Uh, I'm imagining just a creepy old guy, you know, just texting her, trying to lure her to this party and, you know, to the woods and stuff. And I'm like, okay, this is this is not going to be good. Stranger danger. Stranger yeah, danger. Like, right, this was giving me red flags. <laughs> And so when she eventually goes to the party and he's like, meet me up the hill and stuff. Nope, nope. I'm like, Stanley is waiting in the woods. So and then it turns out that it was the girlfriend the entire time. And they're all the girlfriend, the baby daddy, their friends are like circling her and saying like parts of the conversations that they had. And she was really vulnerable with the guy you know, that she thought she was talking to. And I audibly gasped when it was her because I did not predict that. I thought it was going to be a catfish, but I did not imagine that. Because A that catfish is- to want you uh, to feel like the worst you have ever felt in your entire life. Yeah, because that is awful. I, that is, I think is social, just pariah feelings and just that legitimately like that's like psychotic like like if in the the uh talking about the girlfriend 
being the catfish to Aaron, right? Brianna or whatever her name is. Like, it it is so emotionally traumatizing of a situation to be in when you already have a traumatic life. Like, to force that on. I mean, obviously, there's your fictional characters, but like, we'll, we'll take it. If this a, was a real life situation, that, that would be very traumatic if i was in that situation i don't know how i would mentally get out of that situation especially after they start fucking beating her up Fuck yeah that, dude. because just on top of the you know they're you know already pointing out her insecurities because she was so vulnerable because it was the first person after the baby daddy that she was you know being with or you know emotionally and turns out it's this person who she absolutely despises and you know and they pulled a uh your dead mom card on on her too like yeah that's just cruel oh yeah Yeah, so cruel and then they start physically attacking her which is she's already down why kick a dog when they're down you know because you're an evil evil specimen walking this earth (laughs) Oh, I like in my notes, it is all caps. I hate them. Oh my god, it is. Baby <laughs> Daddy is evil. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, definitely. And oh my god, like, and that's the first fucking episode. And I know that pilots are really good about like getting you uh giving you an understanding of what you're in store for, right? But like, holy shit, like that was next level i was not expecting it to take that turn like i said i thought it was going to be she was going to end up being some old guy he was going to lead her into the forest you weren't ever going to see who this person was and then she'd be murdered not the case Mm -hmm. i mean she you know ends up getting beaten and then um she ends up walking into the forest but alone so you don't have any inkling of what's happening or what's going to happen i mean it can be assumed she's going to be murdered still but you (laughs) have but it can be no inkling of like who it is because the prime suspects are all there and they were on video doing it (laughs) yeah that that's what's so awful is that they recorded it also a uh dark or sorry bright yet still dim note of uh mayor's daughter like coming in to saving her like sure like good job girl you got you got them to stop beating her up like i applaud you for like putting yourself into that situation but you're not gonna like stay with her i know after she like pushes like aaron pushes um siobhan off and That's she her name, yeah. siobhan is the daughter of mayor um pushes her off and then goes into the woods None of the other friends are like, you shouldn't go into after her. Yeah, the dark woods where no one is at. Yeah. What? You you would at least follow her just to make sure she's okay, you know? Exactly. After you just witnessed someone beating her up, like. Yeah, Brianna was kicking her, like. In the gut. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think at one point later on, Mare, when Mare is talking to uh, Brianna, she says that. Um, she kicked her in the head, so she's probably concussed. And so mm-hmm. that's even worse, you know, walking into the woods alone. Who knows what, you know, could have happened after that, you know. But back to Mare's story, though. Yes. Mare is a very complex woman. She is, a, there is a lot happening with her. And 
just the more I watch, I'm like, how are you handling all of this? Because it's insane, like all that she has to emotionally take on. And so just her job is extremely stressful, you know, having to deal with the weight of knowing the people that she's, you know, doing her job for, like trying to find the original missing girl and then just dealing with, you know, the show opens with her dealing with the um, brother that's a drug addict of a person in her town, you know, and just dealing with those relationships. It's very difficult and heavy. So Mayor has a lot to deal with as well with her personal life, with her grandson who lives with her and dealing with the custody of him with the mother who's a drug addict and then also dealing with the loss of her her son who's the father of her grandson. And then there's her ex-husband who drops it on her in the first episode that he's getting engaged on the same day as his engagement party. And Who she also lives right behind her, too. Yeah, bought a house directly behind her. I understand. It's a small town. It can't be that small. There's other houses <laughs> on the market. Buy somewhere else, Frank. So she has a lot on her plate. Then at the end of episode one, Mayor gets a call and has to go down to the woods where we find Aaron's body, which obviously wasn't a surprise, but that leads us into episode two. So when Mayor goes to tell Kenny about Aaron being dead, and Kenny is Aaron's father, that broke my heart. I actually was started crying because it was so sad. And, you know, she brings his cousins there, and he just loses it. Yeah. And. It's and- so funny. Sorry, really quick on that. It's just so interesting how they shared that character her dad because he went from being this abusive and he's still an abusive asshole that does not erase anything but like he still loved her so much that he got that emotional like i think he says like not my heir and not my baby or something like that and you're just like oh god (laughs) yeah because it's a father's love and even though he's not a great oh. human and yeah. like person and father, he still has that undying parental love for her and didn't want her to die, obviously, and stuff. And it's just heartbreaking. It is. It really is. I'm tearing up thinking about it. Like that scene's just very emotional and powerful. And but um then when Mare brings in Dylan, the good old baby daddy. Once again, in my notes, I wrote, I hate this guy so much. (laughs) He has no emotion about it. It's just immediately defensive. He's like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. It's no, you know, thought of, oh, she's dead. The person I share a child with that I must have had feelings or some emotion towards at one point. does a completely different thing than her dad yeah completely different because they were both pieces of shit to her while she was alive but upon learning of her death her dad was emotional dylan was a fucking asshole still yeah you have no sympathy for his situation because he shows zero emotion for aaron dying like she does not exist anymore and that is the mother of your child you know 
So that I was I was I was so angry during that scene. <laughs> so then you have this twist that I'm not gonna lie, I did not see coming at all. Um, is when they're interviewing Aaron's best friend. You can tell she's hiding something that from her and Aaron's friendship, some secret. But I was not expecting what was to come. So Aaron's best friend then goes to Aaron's aunt and uncle and tells her that she believes the baby's father is not Dylan. And you're like, okay, possibly, okay. And she then drops the bomb that it's Frank. And Frank is Mare's ex-husband. So then Aaron's aunt, Lori, goes to Mare, and she's also Mare's best friend, and sits her down and tells her this. And Mare being Mare is just like, no, he lied to me. Because Frank had said he didn't really know her. He taught her, but didn't know her. And she just calls him out in front of his family. So... He agrees to take a paternity test or a DNA sample. And at the end of episode two and episode three, because he takes the sample in um, episode three, but you still don't know the results of it. Oh, really? Okay. But anyway, so he takes the the sample in uh, episode three. So I don't know where it's going to go with that storyline. So going back to episode one and Dylan's girlfriend who beat up Aaron and catfisher, catfisher. Mm-hmm. uh mayor sees the video and then goes and arrest her and at that point i'm like yes arrest her <laughs> she deserves it she at deserves work. she deserves it to be in front of everyone in front of her parents mm-hmm. there is no redemption for her in my eyes yep. because that what she did he's a fucking shit honestly there is no way to justify what she did to Aaron. No way. And so I was very happy about that. So when Dylan goes to the gas station and gets back into his car and Kenny's just sitting in the back seat. Always check the back seat. Number something rule zombie land. I know. Mayor zombie land. Obviously. (laughs) And Dylan is just, you know, in shock and you know obviously he's like i didn't kill her because we know what kenny's thinking he killed her he's the only one who had a true motive to yeah and that we know of at this point and you know he takes him to the woods and i did not shit out of him which he fucking deserves i don't even want to hear it like no that's not i'm not saying anything about that I thought he was just going to scare him i thought what i thought that scene was going to be is they drive out to the middle of the woods you know, Kenny forces him out. Dylan walks, you know, forward a few parts and then um, he shoots either up in the air to the side. You know, he does not shoot him in my mind as he's just oh. doing this to scare him. No, Kenny shoots him in the back twice. Yeah, dude. Like, I'm not going to lie. That's exactly what I thought was going oh, to happen. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I did not think that was going to happen at all because I... Like, I thought it was going to, you know, going forward because that's what you're thinking is going to happen. I thought at the moment he was going to have that snap back to reality that he would be in prison for the rest of his life for murdering Dylan. That he was 
going to he be like. He abused his child. I don't think he has that that like clicker in his head, you know? I mean, you're not wrong, but I was hoping <laughs> that he would have some moment of clarity that he's killing both of his daughters dead. Oh, his grandson's parents. Parents would both be dead. I think he, I was hoping he'd have that moment of clarity. He did That's not. Fair. No. Yeah, so then it, you know, leads into episode three, and Dylan's not dead. And I'm actually happy that he didn't die. Yeah. Because I think that just would have been too predictable if he had died, and I think there's more of the story to tell. Plus, I think there's the story, you know, also the storyline that began in episode two about him potentially not being the father and how he emotionally deals with that as well. Yeah, so I think the main part of episode three that you really focus on is kind of the introduction of the deacon in the first scene where he's doing the eulogy for Aaron. My instinct is this dude is creepy. (laughs) And I think that's just everything you know about the Catholic Church. Yep. (laughs) It just leans into that, in that this guy is creepy. He just doesn't give off comfortable vibes. And I don't like him. And so eventually you get to the part where um, Mare and Evan Peters' character go to interview him. And he's he does give information, but he's also kind of talking around it as well. He doesn't do anything to ease the thought that he could be the murderer. Yeah. He does give them her phone, but also at the same time, he could have deleted any evidence prior to that. So that doesn't really give me any comfort knowing that he doesn't have anything on his phone because they do confirm that later on in the episode. Yeah. I mean, and then the episode ends with him throwing her bike off a bridge. Yeah, that's a little sus. Uh... Yeah, so that that one's a little too much on the nose because also why would she be calling the deacon at two in the morning, you know? Yeah. That's a little sus. I mean, he says that his phone is always open for anyone in his parish. Which is also fucking creepy that you're giving your phone number out to the teenagers of your parish. Yeah, and also accepting calls at two in the morning. It's a little, it's a little sus. Um, all in all, my opinion of him is not high, and he has risen to the top of my um, creep list and possible <laughs> murderers. So he's something to beware of in East Town. So now that you've watched the first three episodes, are you going to keep watching it? What are your thoughts? Do you think it's a good show? Do you think it's too heavy? Like, where are you at? I think it's a great show. I think all the performances have been great. Um, I do plan on continuing watching it. It is a bit on the darker side. I think everything about it just gives off heavy, depressive vibes. You know, not only just the story, but also kind of the cinematography. It opens up and it's just gray tones everywhere. So you know going into it, it's not going to be a happy show. And so it's something that I'll probably gradually watch an episode here, episode there, until I get to the end because I don't think it's something I can watch all in one sitting. But it is definitely something I do recommend to the listeners, I do think that you should continue on if you haven't already. So, Rachel. Alana. For your assignment, I had you watch Zombieland, the excellent feature film from 2009, starring <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, Abigail Breslin, and 
last but not least, Woody Harrelson. Woody motherfucking Harrelson. I will say, this was one of my notes. Like, I like Woody Harrelson. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, literally, this is a note. How did they make Woody Harrelson look so hot? (laughs) Stop, Rachel. He looks so good in that movie. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I again, I know that he was he's a main character, so they like started to do the pan up from like his boots to his face, and I'm like, this isn't Woody Harrelson. There's no fucking way this is Woody Harrelson. I'm like, oh my god, it's Woody Harrelson. (laughs) Rachel be thirsting for some Woody. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, so uh, but I really did enjoy Woody Harrelson's character also. So, um, as I have mentioned multiple times in the past, we went to school in Tallahassee, Florida. So, his name being Tallahassee, and them saying the words ta- or the word Tallahassee so many fucking times was very jarring for me. I don't know why. Maybe it's I think just it's an- pe- no one, I think, outside of people outside of Florida really talk about Tallahassee. So, no. it's just a bit <laughs> heartwarming. Yeah, you're like, that's, hey, you, you know the name of that one city, even though it's the fucking capital of Florida. But still, it's just, it's weird. Um, but uh, I, I did find it funny that he uh, was constantly searching for Twinkies. Um, one of my favorite lines that he said was, it's a goddamn hostess truck. <laughs> I love his character so much he makes me so happy and i really want you to watch zombie land double tap because i i almost watched it the other night after i had finished this i was like then the second one like just come out a couple years ago like it did it did i'm not gonna lie i don't think it needed a sequel i'm interested in watching it but it definitely ended on a solid note i feel well, the sequel, you know, came out roughly a decade after. So it wasn't like we're doing a sequel because the story needs it. It's definitely a fan service sequel. It's yeah. like a lot of the stuff is definitely fan service stuff. So fair, fair, fair. Um, Let's see here. Okay, so I have three notes that I took during the uh, introduction, like the uh, like the montage while it's showing the intro credits. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's already giving off the I'm too badass for you vibes, which is like, it, I think it's a thing of that era. Uh, but like, it's funny that it opens like that because I feel like the rest of the movie wasn't the uh, we're too bad at like Mad Max Fury Road kind of deal. Like rage all the time like it wasn't that vibe so i thought it was interesting that it uh that it opened like that but also the um stripper zombie was fucking hilarious <laughs> the tassels <laughs> yeah like what is going on oh the, oh she's a stripper oh those are tap oh, okay <laughs> like what am i looking at um and then the the princess party oh the that was girl. hilarious that was fucking terrifying always wear your seatbelt oh no but yeah definitely when you're uh flying down the fucking road away from zombies yes please wear your seatbelt in the zombie apocalypse but yeah no fucking terrifying (laughs) hilarious just like princess Belle just coming at you yeah dead (laughs) trying to eat you (laughs) a little a little nine-year-old too it's not like bell um I found it funny that one of the rules that Columbus made was beware of bathrooms or like always check the bathrooms or whatever, because like, I swear to God, the most I jump in survival horror games or just like zombie games in general. So like The Last of Us, right? 
it's always when there's a fucking zombie in a bathroom stall that you're not expecting it to be in. Ugh. So I thought that was funny because I was just like, yeah, yeah, beware of fucking bathrooms, of course. Uh, <laughs> Looks like you're surviving the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> no, I'm a fatty. I can't. When I was rewatching it, my note was, I would have been done because of rule number one, cardio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he was like running in circles, I'm like, oh, I would be passed out by then. I would be zombie lunch. Um, <laughs> you know. Fucking Jesse Eisenberg being creepy as a motherfucker in the uh, internal dialogue that he was having. Uh, someone's ear is in the danger of having their hair brushed over it when he saw Emma Stone for the first time. Like, okay, what the fuck? <laughs> Calm down, sir. Columbus is just that, like, nerdy dude to, like, an extreme, and it's hilarious. <laughs> okay, so fun thing that maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention. Emma Stone's character doesn't call Tallahassee Florida, does she? Like, throughout the movie? I don't think throughout the movie. I didn't notice. I know at some parts she does call him Florida. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, like, the closing scene when he's, uh, when he finally gets his Twinkie, right? She's like, where's Florida? And I'm like, you mean Tallahassee, Emma? What? Did you just fuck up the line? Or did you mean to say Florida? I'm very curious about that. Because I was like... Since when has she been calling him this? I see. I noticed it there as well, and I just assumed that maybe she called him that before, or maybe she just mixed it up, type of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder. I'm, I'm curious. I'll do some research. Yeah, we'll have to see. Indeed, uh, Bill Murray being in it. That that ent- the entire thing at Bill Murray's mansion was amazing. That was hilarious. And um, I felt that that was perfect for this episode since you introduced me to the musician Bill Murray last <laughs> episode. And now you get the actor Bill Murray in this one. It really well, we'll just full always circle. talk about Bill Murray. I actually have the art of Bill Murray book sitting in my living room on my uh, bookshelf. I will tweet out the picture of my art of Bill Murray. Um, because now two episodes in a row we've talked about Bill Murray. So I think it's I think it's time. I think it's time. Um but yeah, anyway, so the the Bill Murray bit was hilarious, especially cuz like you knew as soon as they were uh getting ready to trick Columbus that he was going to get shot. <laughs> uh I don't know. I just morbidly funny. At the end when he when uh Columbus is going to save or like uh check out or try and like meet up again with Wichita and Little Rock and he's like on the motorcycle I'm like since when does he know how to ride a fucking motorcycle no, and then not at all he fucking crashes and like oh okay cool 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 because it's like why did out of all the cars that you have access to why do you choose the motorcycle that you don't know how to drive and uh, he just rolls up and is like get in yeah yeah moron just get in um you do all of this planning. You are like an evil genius mastermind, con artist, amazing woman, Emma Stone, right? But then you don't have any sort of forethought of what could happen if you turn on an entire amusement park in the zombie apocalypse. What? You didn't think anything bad was going to happen when you did that? <laughs> I know. That's what my thinking was is... They react to everything 
Wouldn't yes. you think the lights and the sounds would attract them? Exactly. Yeah. You you went at night, so lights. You turned on fucking everything. That was so stupid. <laughs> like like don't get me wrong, it was a, it was very interesting to to watch, and I'm sure it was super fucking fun to shoot those scenes. But like, you 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 write these two characters as like these evil genius con artists, and they don't think about what's gonna happen when you turn on the fucking amusement park. Uh, I just I found that um, entertaining to say the least. No, definitely it was it was definitely something that. Of all the places that they could have chose to, like, this is where I'm going to go in the zombie apocalypse, they choose a random minor theme park in California to drive cross-country for. Yeah. Also, like, abandoned theme parks in normal times is fucking creepy. Now you're going to go during a zombie apocalypse? Are you insane? Honestly. (laughs) My entire thought process. And can we take a moment to acknowledge this is only two months into the zombie apocalypse? Oh, that's true. Jesus. Yeah, they're only two months in, and it's this wild. Honestly, though, like, good for them for learning relatively quickly. But, I mean, all of Columbus's rules, very, they make sense. Very valid rules. He's I a know. good rule maker. He is, he is. Um, So, in the zombie apocalypse, where would your place that you would go to be? Like, my safe haven or the I should go here one more time before I die? Yeah, like the, you know how they go to, I think it's called Pacific Palisade. Yeah. Where would that be for you? Obviously, I immediately want to say Disney World, but I feel like it's because I'm on the mindset of amusement parks because the idea of Disney World in a zombie apocalypse is fucking horrifying. So, no. <laughs> Probably not Disney World. You would actually be chased by Princess Belle then. True. You know what? So true, Bestie. Like, you got, yep, full circle. (laughs) I don't know. I probably would want to do, like, some large monument, like the Space Needle or Statue of Liberty, maybe. Times Square. But even then, I feel like that's fucking dangerous. So, (laughs) I don't know. None of these are telling me safety is at the top of your mind when picking it. (laughs) Well, I don't, if it's one of those things where it's like, if I go here, I know I'm going to die, but I got to see it before I die. Fine. Maybe one of those places. But realistically, I'll probably just try and stay as far away from any of that as possible. (laughs) But yeah, where would, where would you go? You know, I don't know, to be quite honest. I think I'd probably go somewhere rural and just, you know, find an abandoned cottage or house on a lake or something you know that would be your that would be your amusement park i i mean it wouldn't be my amusement park but i don't think i have like a spot where i'm like gotta go to a tourist destination i think mine would be more survival oriented i think where i'd want to like you know how woody harrelson's characters like we're going to bill murray's house you know (laughs) i would want that but like the rural version you know when you see like million dollar estates on you know acres of land that you know have everything you could ever want but are in the middle of nowhere that's what i want that that's my theme park because you would have a theme park at your house already and there would be no zombies around you because there'd be no people in general pre-zombie apocalypse (laughs) yes exactly so you have no one never fucking know (laughs) that's what i'm saying you'd have slim chances of zombies so yeah 
What would be your version of finding a Twinkie? Oh, ooh. I mean, ice cream. It definitely comes to mind quickly. <laughs> you know, but that could be very po- – my first instinct is that, oh, it'd be melted. But when they go into the supermarket, the supermarket still has power, so. True. That's very true. Hmm. So it would be plausible for you to still find ice cream in the current state of Zombieland. Well, it, it would be expired probably. That is true. <laughs> but uh, at this point, we're only two months into the zombie land. So would it really be expired, though? I mean, it may have some freezer burn, but. True. For a post-apocalyptic uh, beggars ice can't be- kind of ice cream. Yeah, beggars can't be choosers. choosers yeah. so, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like it. I guess that would be ice cream would be pretty top tier for me. What about you? Um, if it's not, if we're not talking about shelf life, then it would be pizza. Trying to find like a solid frozen pizza. But if I want something that can travel with me and has a pretty long shelf life, pretzel M and M's hands down. Oh, I didn't think about M and M's. Wow. Game changer, I'm right? going to steal your answer, my friend, and say peanut M&M's because they are the superior M&M, but M&M's is, are, is definitely a fantastic answer. Reese's Cups. No, fuck that. Fuck M&M's. Reese's Cups. See, the reason I wouldn't say Reese's is because melting. M&M's don't have a really – I mean, they melt, but they can stay – you can eat them afterwards. <laughs> Whereas Reese's are of – are just like a wash. <laughs> They're just a blob of disgustingness. <laughs> Whereas, and you just like sadly like like slurp it up. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Whereas M and M's, it's a little bit better. But that's fair. So the, they can like re, you know, get their shape again. Reese's, there's no help for that. You gotta eat Reese's fast, dude. But I guess at that point, you're not eating them fast because it's a fucking apocalypse. Yeah, you got to worry about those zombies coming at you. Yeah, and your Reese's. I know. Okay, yeah, I'm stealing that answer. That's a good answer. Okay, I have one final question. Okay. So Tallahassee really wanted to go to Bill Murray's house. Whose house would you go to? Oh, we watch too much architectural digest for this. Um, ooh, that's hard. Okay, my favorite AD episode was, um, oh god, what's his name? I wonder if we're thinking of the same person because is mine- it the snow one? The snow, I think it's in Utah or Idaho. It's one of those, yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think it's in Idaho. I think so. I would definitely go to Aaron Paul's house. Same, that was going to be mine as well. See, similar vibe, yeah, near water. In the middle of nowhere. But now, you know, now I'm thinking about it. That is super fucking creepy. <laughs> like, it's a nice serene spot uh, for, like, you know, now times. <laughs> but if you're scared of, like, zombies coming out from the woodwork, like, they're on the woods, dude. Like, you can't just watch your property from afar. Like, True. His house was pretty wooded. We would need, if we're going to do that, we need something with like more in like the Midwest with like plain vibes and yeah. stuff where you know you can see for miles. 
Yeah. So, okay. So this is a spoiler for the end of The Last of Us Part 2. So if you have not finished that game, even though it's been out for over a year now, um, this is a spoiler. But Alana, she doesn't care. So I'm going to spoil it. Anyway, the end of The Last of Us Part 2, which is a zombie game, um, they have a home, like, in the middle of, like, acres of land. So you can, like, fully see your entire property just like because you're in the center of it and it's like kind of up on a hill like that's the type of house that i would need to find which i know is kind of what you were saying earlier Mm -hmm. um but as far as like celebrity mansion is concerned i don't know any that have something like that so i know that's a tough one despite the woodedness Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, if it wasn't for the woods and stuff, that that would be the house I'd choose because it meets the other qualifications. Indeed. Indeed. I do like David Diggs' house. He has a cool fucking house. He does. He does. Going to the movie itself, though, I did enjoy it. I do think that waiting, what, 12 years to watch it kind of overhyped it for me. That's understandable. I think if you had watched it at the time, I think you would have been in the same uh obsession of it. Mm-hmm. I do see I do see how how it was so popular back then. I really do. Like and I don't think it's aged poorly either. Um oh I will say one thing that's always hard for me with zombie things is watching the zombies eat people. That's just so fucking gross. I can't do it, dude. Like every time it was about to show a zombie go down on on a leg or something like nope i'm good no thank you <laughs> so all in all you enjoyed it yeah yeah i enjoyed it and like i said earlier i enjoyed it enough that i was curious to watch the second one so maybe when you finish mayor of east town i'll watch the second zombie land and we'll have mayor of zombie land part two <laughs> <laughs> sounds good sounds good so alana now that we have discussed uh our assignments from this past month i think it's time for a new assignment what about you i agree what uh what are you going to tell me to to watch for our next non-music episode seeing that i binged all nine seasons of letter kenny i think it's time to introduce you to the greatness that it is of letter kenny and how many episodes do you want me to watch i think we'll start you out with four if you feel the urge to watch more Feel be, free. Be your guest. Yeah, feel free. Go for it. I'm not going to stop you. Live your best life. But I only require four. For you, my dear friend, the time has finally come. Uh, and I think, I think I'm more excited about this than I am of you having to listen to Dance Gavin Dance. Alana, I am recommending slash forcing you to watch Tinkerbell. And the legend of the Never Beast. What have I done to you to make you suggest this? Listen, you okay. give me Mayor of Depression, and then you give me complete opposite end. Of the- well, okay, not complete opposite end of the spectrum because you still will cry at this movie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's gonna happen. It's gonna hit you out of fucking nowhere, and you're gonna be like, "What? This is a Tinkerbell movie. Why am I sobbing?" <laughs> But it's fantastic, Alana. And it's – I'm so ex- – I, I won't say too much. I'm I'm trying to contain my excitement right now. And I know you can hear it in my voice, but I'm so fucking excited for you to watch this movie. I love it so much. So, yes. So, I will watch 
the first at least four episodes of Letterkenny. And Alana, you, my dear, have to watch Tinkerbell in The Legend of the Never Beast. And in a month, in a month's time, we will come back and we will have another episode about them. Sounds like a plan. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Next week, we'll be back to our standard format. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at FriendlyRegsPod for some behind-the-scenes clips and updates. And we look forward to talking to you next week. <laughs>